0: you're listening to the disney one by one podcast a chronological look at every disney animated classic and beyond here's your host mike rolfing
1: hey everyone welcome to disney one by one yes my name is mike rolfing and this is our second episode of the show kind of the third because we did do an intro as well but it's the second official episode today we are talking about pinocchio And don't forget, you can check out this show everywhere on the web at Disney1x1. And if you could leave us a rating and review on iTunes, it would be much appreciated. As always, with me on the show today is my brother, David Rolfing. David, welcome to Disney one by one
0: Hello, Mike. Thanks for having me back again. I stood the first episode test, and you didn't kick me off yet, so I'm glad to be back. Yeah, if you haven't listened to our first episode, it is about Snow White and
1: the Seven Dwarfs. It is just David and I. Uh, reminiscing and and reviewing uh, that very uh, groundbreaking movie. But today on the show, we have our first bonus guest, special guest, my friend, Christopher Lair. Chris, welcome to Disney One by One.
2: Why, thank you, Michael. Happy to be here.
1: We are very excited to have you. Um, We're going to start a tradition with our guests on this show First off, I just want to know, like, what your Disney history is. Did you grow up watching Disney movies, going to the parks, whatever? Tell me, tell me, mm. kind of how Disney has influenced your life.
2: Hmm. Well, it has had a significant impact. <laughs> I think Lion King was the first film I actually ever saw in theaters, so <laughs> that was pretty pretty big impact. I always, I've been to, the, I've gone to the parks my whole life. Every year, my family would take a vacation to Florida, and almost every year, we'd go to a Disney park. So I've always been very immersed in the Disney culture and very fascinated and enraptured with it.
1: If you could go on one ride at Disney World, what would it be?
2: Ooh, one ride. That's tough. Uh, I'd probably pick Haunted Mansion. All right. I love it. What if you had to
0: be on that ride over and over again for a month straight? Which ride did that change your answer? Or no? I'd still,
2: I'd still pick uh, Haunted Mansion because, <laughs> well, because I feel like it's got a lot of variety and there's enough uh, different segments in the story piece that yeah, I don't know, I could probably stand it longer than something like It's a Small World. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the Toy Story
0: 3D ride because you get to like play a game as you go, but you get so sick in one of oh, those yeah, chairs swiveling. <laughs> And having to wear 3D glasses for a month straight, that would be bad. Yep.
1: Anyway, Chris, also, I think our tradition will be asking our guests what their top five favorite movies are on this list of, you know, over 50 that we're going through. So can you rattle that off starting with number five?
2: Number five would be, I think, kind of a surprise to some people, but Hercules. All right. I love that movie, mostly for the music, but I I just love that movie. Uh, number four, I would say *Emperor's New Groove*, which which I have not seen. You, I can't believe you uh, haven't. I know. Oh man, <laughs>
1: I'm looking forward to it. We have like f- we have like 40 episodes to go before we get to that, but
2: you you should be excited. <laughs> I am. I am. Uh, number three would be *Aladdin*. Uh, number two, Beauty and the Beast. And of course, number one is The Lion King. Lion King, yep, gotta mm. guess
0: that one. <laughs> I like Got this to. guy. He agrees with a lot of my top picks. Well, thank
2: you, David.
1: <laughs> yeah, David and I went through our top tens on our intro episode, and we both we both settled on Lion King as number one. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: I'm in good company. And now, our feature presentation.
1: Now Walt Disney brings you his first and only full-length feature, Since Snow White. And with that, we'll move on to Pinocchio. First, some historical context for y'all. Disney's original plan for his follow-up to Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs was Bambi. But they were kind of having trouble with the story and animating the animals. And so someone brought him this book called The Adventures of Pinocchio. It was an Italian novel by Carlo Collodi. Hmm. And he jumped on the idea. He really liked it. The story actually evolved greatly from the novel. I think in the book, Pinocchio is kind of a jerk <laughs> and like a not 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 a very likable character. And somehow in the process, it, it evolved into making him kind of an innocent and, and naive character. Also in the book. the character of the cricket was in there. I don't know if his name was Jiminy, but basically it's this character that comes to Pinocchio and within a couple minutes, Pinocchio like
0: squishes him and kills what? him. So, what? So. <laughs> so. He was a cricket. He did have a different name though. Okay. All right. Yeah. So. Wait,
2: so, so Jiminy Cricket's not in the original story for very long? Not for very long. Reason? What?
0: No. <laughs> and he's not his conscience either. Exactly. So they
1: evolved huh. this cricket character into the conscience. conscience. I cannot say that word. Uh, the movie was released February 7th, 1940 at the Center Theater in New York City to uh, generally positive reviews. And it's now considered, you know, one of the best animated films of all time. On, on lists, you find it's right up there with Snow White. Um, it did win two Oscars. It won for Best Original Song, hmm. which I'm sure you can guess which song that was.
2: Um, let me guess. I was gonna say uh, the Actor's Life for Me song.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or the uh, Give a Little Whistle it won an oscar for when you wish upon a star and it also won original score who i did not look up to see who wrote the score chris i should score know master. this
2: oh i give me a minute
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay i got the i got the wikipedia by lee harline and paul j smith so now you know wow john williams was not quite old enough yet
2: <laughs> he was a little
1: young <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, you know, When You Wish Upon a Star became Disney's theme song. And it's still in use today as the, the sentimental theme of Disney. So that's sort of the brief
0: historical context. David, do you have any fun facts? I do have a couple to add. So one is they cut out one song from the movie called Honest John, who was one of my favorite characters from the movie, the kind of alley cat, you know, that guy. Um, so that was one song that didn't make the final cut. And I don't think you mentioned that the movie was actually a box office failure and it didn't what? actually make back its money until it was re-released in theaters five times over the next 50 years. So I, th- I think they spent somewhere like, there they they were low numbers, it was old money. I think it was like 3 million and they only made back 1 million, something proportional to that. But they didn't make back their money until the 70s when the fifth time it was re- re-released. Which is pretty crazy. And those are my only fun facts for this week. <laughs> wow. All right, so let's
1: get into the movie a little bit, but discuss sort of what our preconceived notions were. I hadn't mm. I mean, I think I've seen this at some point in my childhood, but <laughs> didn't have a ton of memories of it. Chris, what's your Pinocchio history?
2: Ooh. Uh turbulent. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. It left a pretty weird mark on me like I saw Pinocchio when I was younger and I I saw it quite a bit. I know I I picked it out. I pulled it off the shelf and I watched it on VHS. And I know I kept going back to it, but every time I went back it was almost like out of some morbid curiosity because it always left a very dark mark on me. Yeah. You know, it it was it's very it's dark. <laughs> So there's a long spance after I saw when I was young. There's a long break, like a 20-year break. (laughs) And now here I am (laughs) seeing it (laughs) again. Until yesterday? Yeah, until last night. (laughs) Yeah. Nightmare fuel. David, had you seen this
0: movie before? I had not. I had heard things about it and seen clips here and there. Like I knew that they go into the belly of the whale. I knew about... Mm people turning into donkeys Uh (laughs) and I had seen the wish upon a star, you know, that scene in his house. But besides that, I didn't really know that much about the movie. I just knew that it kind of had that generally darker feel than most other Disney movies. But besides that, not really much else I knew about it. Yeah. I think
1: we definitely didn't have this movie in our house growing up. Really? i I feel like I saw it. I definitely have seen, had seen some scenes of it from the sing-along videos that I'll probably bring up on every episode of this show. <laughs> the, the, the the actor's life for me was definitely on some VHS compilation tape we had.
0: You know why we probably didn't have it growing up? Because they smoke in it, kids smoke in it, and our dad <laughs> vehemently hates smoking, so that's probably, yeah, probably
2: the reason. I mean, in all fairness, the kids, they, they pay for it.
1: That's true. <laughs> That's true. They, they do learn their lesson. They pay dearly. My biggest exposure of late to Pinocchio was is was in the theme parks. Um, there is a Pinocchio's Daring Journey ride at Disneyland, oh. um, and it's in, at Disneyland Paris and Tokyo as well. There's also the Pinocchio Village House, which is a restaurant, quick service restaurant in Fantasyland and Magic Kingdom, and I think at Disneyland, which just serves like chicken nuggets and macaroni and cheese and stuff. <laughs> And then lastly, the last thing I could recall from Pinocchio in the parks, which I've been on relatively recently, is at Disneyland, they have the storybook canal boat ride where you like what ride in this little boat that has a narrator, like a cast member who's a narrator that, that pilots it. And you go, you boat through the giant monstro whale mouth oh. and then past all these like miniatures of different buildings and scenes from dis- different Disney movies.
2: That sounds awesome.
1: Where is that in the park? It's in Fantasyland at Disneyland. Yeah, huh. and and within that ride, they also have a miniature of Geppetto's house. So you boat past that. But, really?
2: Is there uh, are there any like animatronics, or is it all still?
1: No, it's all just the buildings, and mm. maybe there's like some little people. But mm-hmm. it's actually really cool. It's like topiaries and stuff. Oh, okay, like, It's cool. very well groomed. Wow.
2: Sounds <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome.
1: Uh, like bonsai trees and topiaries mm. and stuff.
2: This sounds like the, my kind of ride. So with that, in case
1: you listeners haven't seen Pinocchio in a while, or haven't seen it at all, here is Pinocchio in 60 seconds. Walt Disney's Pinocchio, the story of an old woodcarver named Geppetto and his puppet creation. Pinocchio. After Geppetto wishes on a star, Pinocchio little is little brought to life by a blue fairy. <laughs> who tells him he can become a real boy if he shows that he can be brave, truthful, and unselfish. Under the guidance of his not-too-helpful cricket conscience Jiminy, Pinocchio sets off to school, only to be kidnapped and sold to a puppet show. The Blue Fairy reappears and Pinocchio lies to her, causing his nose to grow, but she fixes it for him and sets him free. Soon after, Pinocchio is captured again and taken to Pleasure Island along with hundreds of delinquent boys. There they engage in all sorts of debauchery and are then terrifyingly turned into slave donkeys. Pinocchio escapes, only partially transformed, but learns that his maker was swallowed by a giant whale. He sets off to save him, doing so, but dying in the process. However, this proved enough to the blue fairy, and she reappears once again, turning him into a real, alive human boy. Okay, so this movie is an odd one. I'll I'll say that. Chris, you hadn't seen this in 20-something years. Uh What was your initial reaction after watching Pinocchio again?
2: Oh, oh man. So so many memories just came flooding back. Some good, most bad. (laughs) (laughs) And, I mean, it's a really charming film, you know? It's got that Disney character to it, all the animation and... Attention to detail, and you, you got the that like the layered animation. I forget what that's called. It's got the a name. Mul- the multiplane camera. Multiplane, yeah, it's got that going on, and I'm like marveling at all those details and all all the cute little gimmicks going on. But then you just you just keep watching, and it just gets worse and worse. <laughs> <laughs> Especially during Pleasure Island sequence, I was like sinking into the couch. <laughs> In the state of shock.
1: Yeah, we'll uh, we'll dive into some of those some of those specifics in in a little bit. Right, David. What was your reaction after watching Pinocchio for the first time?
0: Yes. Yeah, so last week we watched Snow White, very different movie from this movie, and I was expecting them to be kind of similar just because they're made within, I think, like five years of each other, something like that. But it was not at all like Snow White. It started off. I think kind of slow for me. It like, didn't really get into the story for about 15 minutes, so that was a little bit strange. It also kind of felt segmented. Like, There was like five different villains that they had in the movie, but they didn't really stick with one of them the whole time, mm-hmm. which was kind of weird. Obviously, all of the weird stuff like the donkey kids and the smoking and the drinking and the pleasure island and the, I don't know, just so many strange things. I I liked the movie. I thought it was... It did have that Disney feel, and it did have, like, the emotional weight to it that you'd expect. Like, um, Pinocchio's dad, I don't know his real name. It was actually sad when he was searching for Pinocchio in the streets. Like, you felt bad for him. So they made that character really... You could uh, empathize with him easily. So, I don't know. I like some aspects of the movie. Some are weird, but not necessarily bad but it was just weird as a kids movie having some of those things in there
1: yeah i think i i kind of fall in between you two i generally enjoyed it but it was just kind of messed up and kind of of dark
2: yeah i found i found myself at the end of it being like happy i watched it you know i like that nostalgia came back but oof
1: (laughs) (laughs) I, i will say i was very impressed by the animation. Oh yeah. There were so many things in this movie that they were just, they were just showing off Mm -hmm. kind of flipped through it again. As I was putting together the, the Pinocchio in 60 seconds thing and noticing a few things I may not have noticed on first watch. And just like, I mean, those cuckoo clocks, Mm -hmm. like, come on. (laughs) Like how, how long did that take for them to do all that stuff? Oh yeah. And even like when Geppetto, Geppetto asks, asks his cat, what's the cat's name?
2: Uh, Figaro.
1: Yeah, Figaro to go open the window, and the cat walks across the bed, and like the the foot, the, his feet like you <laughs> know put, put, like bed. imprints in into the into the bedspread. There's another part where where they cut to uh, Geppetto and Figaro are eating dinner on a table, and Figaro puts some butter on his fish, and the butter starts melting. <laughs> Just like <laughs> like someone sat there and drew all this, you know, frame by frame. The the Pinocchio's nose growing was very impressive, and oh yeah. Pleasure Island in general is very impressive. All the underwater stuff is just insane. Mm -hmm. You know, so that had me riveted and very engaged, just kind of watching what was going to come next and trying to think how they did all this stuff. But when it comes to the actual, you know, crux of the plot, which I guess would be the Pinocchio finally learning his lesson,
2: it just gets really
1: weird and doesn't
2: really make a lot of sense. It's a really weird world set in some animals are anthropomorphized others aren't <laughs> at one point jiminy crickets like swatting away like some lightning bugs or something i was like what how does this world work <laughs> well yeah because
1: because what were the the two cats or the fox and the cat there was uh mm-hmm. honest john and, and uh the dumb one and the dumb one. Oh, <laughs> speaking of we're yeah. two for two we're two for two oh, in, no. Disney, in, in movies with really <laughs> stupid characters <laughs> Dopey is, as I mentioned, a little too stupid. He's a little slow. And that, whatever that guy's name was, what was it? Did you say? Gideon. His name was Gideon.
2: The The cat? cat. Yes. I didn't even...
1: Gideon was real dumb.
2: Man, he was real dumb.
1: So we're two for two in the the (laughs) stupid character uh, (laughs) list. The scenes
0: with Honest John and Gideon seemed like different than the rest of the movie, especially at the beginning when... They're chasing or running through the streets with Pinocchio. I thought of when I was watching that, it seemed like a Tom and Jerry cartoon to me. Yeah, it was like it did. very cartoony and that was so much different from the rest of the movie and especially like Snow White, which was trying to be more like a feature film, like feel like a mm-hmm. like a beautiful fantasy story. And then this scene is completely different. It felt like more like a Saturday morning cartoon as far as the silliness and how they're moving around. So that kind of stuck out to me as a weird contrast to that scene. Yeah, I wonder if it has something to do with there are seven credited directors
1: on this movie. What? There's there's two supervising directors, Ben Sharpstein and Hamilton Lusk, and there are five sequence directors. So it's almost like they divvied up the movie amongst these five guys, and that could be the reason for that.
2: Huh. Hey, side note, do you guys know if they rotoscoped the Blue Fairy? Because her animation looked a lot different than the other people like geppetto and them. they all had very cartoonish features but hers were all proportionate or proportional
0: i know they rotoscoped the theater guys uh like his wagon that he trapped pinocchio Mm -hmm. in they like stop motion animated that little train of cars and then rotoscoped and animated over Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. um but i'm not sure about the fairy yet but i know they did use that technique elsewhere so they could have
2: yeah that little like uncanny bell started ringing in my head and i was like what am i looking at as i live and breathe a fairy
1: Mm -mm. so let's talk about the elephant in the room or or the donkey in the room so pinocchio gets kidnapped twice in this movie first time the fairy uh the fairy sets him free second time he gets taken to Pleasure Island, as we've mentioned a couple times, which, which side note, before Disney Springs was called Disney Springs, it was Downtown Disney. And at Downtown Disney, they had a whole section of it called Pleasure Island. What? Which was where they <laughs> had like nightclubs and bars and stuff. It was part of Downtown Disney, <laughs> which I assume was a reference. I assume was a reference to Pinocchio, but, but maybe, I don't know. I don't it's know. gotta I don't, be. Even without Pinocchio in the picture, it still kind of sounds like, like one of those. Stores you see on the side of the highway when you're in the middle of nowhere, you know. Ew. Pleasure Island.
0: Yeah. And uh. from the original story, uh, Pleasure Island was called Boobyland. Land. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun fact I forgot to mention earlier. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Is it really? The English translation from the Italian word for booby, booby land... Oh, good grief, so... I'm glad you <laughs> saved that for that moment. Yeah. I did I for me. Where
2: every day is a holiday.
1: So, not only is Pinocchio kidnapped and brought to this, there's, like, hundreds of boys that have been oh abducted gosh. by these, I suppose, these, this pedophile old man who can also turn into a demon. Or that, uh. that and also, he has these black smoke devil creatures with them as well.
2: I was going to bring those guys up. I never, not in one moment, did I look back in my memories and go, oh yeah, I remember those black gorilla evil looking <laughs> things. Was that just meant
0: like they put the, them in there so they didn't have to animate real people? Or? <laughs> I have no idea.
2: Or are they just adding an extra layer of terror?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah basically, when the
1: boys all show up at P- by Pleasure Island, Pleasure Island is this island full of Six cigars and yeah, just like let these boys run wild. And there's these like black creatures that like close the big doors and shut them in. Yeah. They're, and they are not ex- remotely explained.
2: And then they shove the kids, I mean donkeys, into crates going to salt mines. <laughs> Right. So we see these boys,
1: like, defacing Mona Lisa and throwing bricks through windows and smoking cigars and drinking beer and playing pool. And then all of a sudden, all of them disappear, except for Pinocchio and his buddy, uh,
0: Lampwick.
2: Lampwick.
0: Take a big drag, like this. Like (sighs) That was a... uh, He said this. I was like, what the heck? Yeah, they start smoking
2: cigars. Very creative sequence, too, by the way, speaking of the animation. Like, I was like, ooh. Man, he's really he's really hurting Yeah,
1: Pinocchio turns green yeah
2: his eyes water and then they drain
1: (laughs) and then it cuts to the evil man or whatever and all these boys have inexplicably turned into donkeys and and as Chris said they're being packed into crates and shipped off somewhere
0: and Pinocchio retains his tail and ears for some reason till the end of the movie
2: he didn't drink enough booze to go full donkey
0: (laughs) what's he think I look like A jackass? You sure do.
1: (laughs) So then we have a very impressive sequence of Pinocchio and Jiminy dumping the ocean, swimming, trying to find the whale, going inside the whale. Geppetto's just kind of set up shop in there.
2: (laughs) Yeah, he's just fishing (laughs) with his
1: cat and his goldfish. (laughs) He's on a boat. He's got his pets. He's got blankets and plenty of fish to eat.
2: And he has that dark line. He says, I never thought it would end like this. It's like, gah.
1: But uh, Pinocchio uses his ingenuity, decides to start a fire, making Monstro sneeze, a big sneeze.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. And like I said earlier, that that whole sequence of them escaping the whale and the big tidal wave. And that's just very impressive for a bunch of dudes in a dark room drawing pictures.
2: Oh, it's incredible. And
1: they were probably only dudes because I don't think women were allowed to do it back <laughs> then. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I doubt it.
0: It was dudes with a lot of money, though. One of the scenes where they used the multi planing is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Um, they used a technique where the camera was on a track moving forward and then they moved the planes like in and out as it was going through them. I read that it cost like $45,000 just for that one scene. No way. Um, which in 1940s money was like a ton. um but yeah, I can. Do you know which scene that was? I think I can. I think I, I. know. I think it might have
1: been in the streets with
2: Honest John. Yeah. Is it when it's like above the buildings looking down?
1: Yeah. Yeah. The most impressive shot for me was. I think. I think you guys got it right. It's after Pinocchio comes to life, and then it's the next morning when he goes off to school. Mm-hmm. It starts with this wide shot of the village, and then pushes in and passes things, and like it does this sort of fly like crazy like drone shot. Oh yeah. Down down to like Geppetto's front door. Very impressive. I would guess that's the shot. Goodbye,
2: Father.
0: Goodbye, son. Hurry back.
1: Real quick, I wanted to just talk through the songs in this movie. As we discussed, When You Wish Upon a Star did win the Oscar for Best Original Song, and I think it was well deserved. Just the beginning of that movie with, I forget who does the voice of Jiminy, but just that voice immediately like. Made me me happy Give me me some chills So
2: iconic It's comfort food man
1: And then he also sings Give a little whistle Which was fun Um, We have Honest John and Gideon Singing an actor Well I don't think Gideon sings He doesn't say a whole lot Honest John singing
2: (laughs) Gideon hiccups
1: I don't know if Gideon can (laughs) sing I don't know if if his brain can process that Uh. Singing an actor's (laughs) life for me Then we got Pinocchio at the puppet show and then they just abandoned the musical I think after that is that the last song? as far as I can remember (laughs) huh oh I didn't realize that I'm thinking of Frozen it's very similar Frozen starts with like Uh, four or five songs and then they just forget that it's a musical
2: yeah that's true I hadn't noticed that either until you just brought it up
0: What do you guys think of Jiminy Cricket? He was kind of like the actual protagonist of the movie in some ways. I spent we spent a lot of time with him even compared to Pinocchio. Did you like
2: his character? I did. I like Jiminy Cricket. I don't know if it's just his voice like it's like a comfort thing, but I do like him as a character. I mean, his heart's in the right place. He's very folksy.
1: <laughs> he was played by a guy named clifton edwards also known as ukulele ike <laughs> he's like this ukulele player so you got it folks he is like the perfect
2: term <laughs> well he's just he's got all these one-liners and like that part when he's trying to sleep and all the clocks and all those noises are keeping him awake he tells him to be quiet and then he like looks right at the camera and goes after all enough's enough <laughs> <And> <laughs> that was I a good laughed. impression i laughed thank you i laughed oh. out loud was just chris get this hmm. I'm, I'm
1: on ukulele ike's wikipedia page oh. he was born in hannibal missouri no way for those of you who don't know chris and i are both in missouri david's in colorado but david's from st louis edwards was born in hannibal missouri he left school at the age of 14 and soon moved to st louis <gasps> the big and city and then to St. Charles no where way. Chris lives, don't you? No, you're all found in St. Charles close <laughs> well, enough. No, yeah, St. Charles. Where he entertained as a singer in saloons. Oh my gosh. So Chris, if you were <laughs> if you if you went back to nineteen you know, thirty-five, you could go probably where's the closest saloon to your house?
2: Oh gee, there's so many here in St. Charles.
0: <laughs> I would have loved to see those ad posters up in the saloons, like the real-life Jiminy Cricket performing tonight.
1: He started off in your backyard, Chris.
2: I can't even believe it. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually overjoyed. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah, Jiminy had a lot of really fun little one-liners here and there. I liked them.
0: After all, enough's enough.
1: All right, I'm going to start wrapping us up here with Pinocchio. Chris, if you had to pick like, your favorite part from the movie what would it be?
2: who favorite part. I actually made a note of this. It's when the blue fairy kind of knights Jiminy when she when she like makes him uh Pinocchio's conscience mm-hmm. because it's just like a very touching moment. I actually got chills during the moment. Like the music and the camera work, it just felt very kind of inspiring in a way, you know? It was well put together, well composed. And it just really stuck with me. You know, I felt I felt his mantle being rested upon him.
1: That's pretty swell. Gee, thanks. All right, and quickly, your least favorite moment.
2: Ooh. <laughs> it's hard to say. Uh, I, okay, you know what? It's not hard to say. There's that one part where the uh, devil man is trying to get the donkeys to go on the boat. And he's like picking them up and he's asking them well what's your name and they just hee-haw at him and he picks one up and he asks him what's his name he's like oh my name's jeremy or something i, I forget <laughs> he's like this one can still talk and he like, throws him in the corner and there's like a bunch of other ones that can still talk and they like, cracks a whip at him. and it's like the kids like screaming for his mother and crying and i just had some real <laughs> some real upsetting flashbacks.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that's a good choice. All right, David, your favorite moment of Pinocchio.
2: Maybe not a
0: specific moment, but definitely my favorite scenes were towards the beginning of the movie when Pinocchio meets Honest John and they trick him into going into acting school and Pinocchio gets kidnapped by the theater guy. I think just like that that section of the movie I enjoyed the most. Yeah, I don't really have a specific moment, but Honest John was was cool, and I thought that just Jiminy trying to keep Pinocchio on the straight path during that was was good, as well as um, Pinocchio's dad looking for him. That all kind of happened at the same time in those first few scenes, so I enjoyed that part the most. What could have happened
1: to him? All right, and just say your least favorite was the Donkey Kids, because it's funny. Probably- <laughs>
0: <laughs> um i think my least favorite was actually like the underwater what? scene it lasted a long time and i was like what crickets can't live underwater <laughs>
1: <laughs> i don't think this movie's grounded in reality dave
2: yeah, yeah. i did wonder i did what i didn't really question pinocchio breathing underwater but i was a little curious about jiminy yeah no oh, whatever whatever what
0: about you mike
2: I think my
1: favorite part—I'll just say two and cheat. I was very impressed by the cuckoo clocks and, and, and Geppetto's workshop in general. Yes, the give a little whistle song was really fun, and also the puppet show with all the flapper girls and the Russian dancers. And that was a very fun—that was a very fun scene. They've got no strings, etc. There
0: are no strings on me.
1: And I agree with Chris about the donkey stuff. Just so yeah. weird. Yeah. it's just it's messed up is it, what is. it is so it's too far so too far leave it at that Mama. all right we need to rate this movie but we first need to define its its rating system last episode we did out of seven dwarfs any mm. suggestions for for pinocchio
2: um
0: five marionette strings
2: out of 100 donkey kids <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, we're rating it out of 100 donkey kids.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. Chris, how would you rate Pinocchio out of 100 donkey
2: kids? I'd probably rate it 82 out of 100 donkey kids. Okay. Mostly from like its historical significance and ingenuity and it really is it's just a, a classic Disney, you know. It's a classic.
0: All right, David I would give this movie probably a 72 donkey kids out of 100. Um, It's definitely worth watching, but not worthy of a B in donkey kid units in my book. Um, So, yeah, 72 is what I'm going for. I'm going to land right in the middle and say 80. Ah. I actually started appreciating
1: this movie more as I kind of started going through it a second time when I was preparing for this and putting together some of the elements of the show and really focusing on the amazing animation and just like the, the, the vastness and technical skill of that. Yeah. So I'm going to settle on 80.
2: I think that's fair. Cause it's just, it's just weird. It is weird, man. There's so much more we didn't even talk about. I really encourage anyone listening to this to uh, watch this movie immediately.
1: And that just about wraps up our discussion on Pinocchio today Chris, thank you so much for joining us
2: Oh, thank you for having me
1: And I think you've claimed the Black Cauldron Oh,
2: yes I have
1: For later on down the line Uh, We we may get you back on sooner than that but I have you locked in for the Black Cauldron Yes,
2: absolutely Staked my flag right there (laughs)
1: and david
0: as always thank you for joining me you're welcome i was expecting the lengthening nose to be more of a big part of the movie surprisingly it was only in that one scene i forgot to mention yes. that yes yes
1: i noted the same thing i, I thought i also that that's noticed what you that. think
0: of that's what you think yeah. of with pinocchio
1: and it's literally like it's one scene and then she fixes it and then it's good she like
2: laugh laughs at him and <laughs> that's
0: much like uh yeah <laughs> So I wanted to bring that up and say, this movie wasn't messed up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was a nose-growing motion yeah, for those of you bird's uh, just listening. <laughs> All right. So if you love this show, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us out. Thank you again for listening. And don't forget to check us out next week as we'll be talking about the Disney classic,
0: Fantasia. Thanks for listening to the Disney One by One podcast. If you have any questions or suggestions, send us an email to disney1x1 at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at disney1x1 and at disney1x1.com. We'll be back next week with another exciting episode of the Disney One by One podcast. Cool. All right. I'm going
1: to wrap up. This up a little bit here. Start. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs>